0: Is Bitcoin going to a million dollars? The legacy financial system is collapsing before our very eyes. Kathy Wood of ARK Investments says that Bitcoin could go to a million dollars. And there's reasons to believe that this could be true.
1: There's so many things going on in the world right now that are giving Bitcoin huge tailwinds. So this is a very important episode. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. Welcome to the BeanPod. This is Shane, a.k.a. the Jolly Green Investor. This is Josh,
0: the Nifty Investor.
1: Today, we're going to be discussing the bank runs, the effect on Bitcoin, and some potential claims that Bitcoin could
0: be going to a million dollars. So The last time the U.S. saw a banking crisis of this magnitude was 2008. Right in around when Bitcoin was introduced. Exactly. And for good reason. I mean, we're seeing Silicon Valley Bank, you know, the 15th largest bank in the U.S., seen a bank run. You know, for multiple reasons, you know, you have high high inflation, so you had the Fed increasing interest rates, and they increased them to a point where something eventually broke. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's the banking system, and it's causing havoc all over the place.
1: Yeah, I mean, Satoshi invented Bitcoin to make a global currency to take away the financial regulation and all that kind of stuff from the prying hands of governments and financial institutions – who we know we can't really trust. We know their uh, their uh, you know their their interests are not aligned with the public, and now we've just seen it all come unravel again. So what we're seeing now is is a lot of money flowing into Bitcoin because people don't trust banks anymore. You know we've seen this kind of domino effect from what happened from COVID. So you know why don't we go back to. Let's just start off with what a, what's a bank run, and then we can talk about some of the problems that led to the bank run.
0: Yeah, so basically, a bank run. For those of you who are unfamiliar with that, uh, th- that saying or that theme is: it's when a large number of people withdraw their funds at the the same time from a bank. And I, as we know, with banks, what they end up doing is they take your money, and you can deposit, you know, fifty thousand, ten thousand, whatever you want, to the bank. Um, and what they'll do is they'll take that money and then they'll lend it out and receive you know interest on that money that they've lent out. But if everybody goes in and tries to take all the money all at that, the that same time, but they've already lent it out to other people, and they don't have the actual funds, what ends up happening?
1: Yeah, so they only hold a fraction of the deposits at the bank. And, and you know it's kind of like you know we saw what happened with FTX. They didn't hold any of the deposits, right? They were just gambling people's deposits in FTX on shitcoins. So at the banks, it's a much larger scale. So, and the reason why a lot of these banks are now kind of having trouble now and and we'll take a few steps back. It goes back to the COVID crisis, right? So COVID hit and the fed just started printing millions, billions, trillions of dollars. As a result of this massive inflation occurred around the world. So they had to hike interest rates to a point to bring inflation down, but because they hiked interest rates so fast, they kind of messed up the whole system because the banks were, taking these deposits from customers and putting them in a long-term treasury yields. But when the interest rates get hiked to a certain point, the yield no longer makes them profitable. So it, it's this whole kind of circle domino effect of all from COVID with inflation and then the interest rates and then all a the long-term treasury b- bills don't work. And then the tipping point is when the large customers come into Silicon Valley Bank and start to ask for their money.
0: And these large, cu- these large customers were a lot of them because Silicon Valley Bank, a lot of them were tech startups, a lot of tech companies. So there wasn't a lot of deposits going into the bank either because as you'll notice, you know, with Google, and Meta, and Amazon, et cetera, they're all doing layoffs. Mm. So they're doing layoffs because they're not really making much money at the moment. So if you're not making money as a business and you're not depositing to the bank, now the bank doesn't have any funds to go and, you know, lend them out. And then when the rates become too high and it becomes like this offset, then you start to panic, like, "Oh well, am I am I gonna be able to get my money out?" And as that fear and that contagion spreads, next thing you know, I'm talking to you. I was like, "Hey!" And then you tell your friend, and then all of a sudden, everybody starts withdrawing their money. Yeah. Then we get a collapse, and then it kind of paints a picture for what could happen to the rest of the U.S. and re- realistically, globally, mm-hmm. right? You know, have you have Credit Suisse at the moment, who's also going through a bit of a, a struggle in terms of um, their withdrawals yep. and. So what ha- ends up happening is now the, F- the Fed goes, okay, we've increased interest rates too much. Maybe we need to back off a bit. And it could lead to quantitative easing at mm. some point. What happened with COVID? Bitcoin was sitting at $6,000. Uh, when they announced their $5 trillion stimulus package, we saw Bitcoin rip up to 69K. Right now they're doing something, I believe it's uh, in the neighborhood of $2 trillion. But we also have... Other, ban- other banks around the world uh, who are also uh, injecting liquidity to help save their banks as well.
1: Yeah, so you're seeing it's a domino effect around the world now. Everyone's kind of in a similar situation. And now, you know, it's not it's not quite the same as like the money printing where they're basically just like helicopter dropping thousands of dollars to every home yeah. in America. Yeah. Right? It's not quite the same, but it is similar in, in a certain way. And, you know, what's happening is people are losing trust in the legacy financial system. So going back to the problems we just discussed, they printed money, right? And now going back to the basics of Bitcoin, there's only 21 million Bitcoin. You can't print or create more Bitcoin to create this hyperinflationary environment like we've seen around the world. And then with inflation and bringing, and then they're controlling interest rates. Well, everything that, you know, the Bitcoin, the tokenomics, it's all set in stone. You can't change the interest rates or the inflationary economics. It's all set in stone, right? So it's almost like now all these Bitcoin maxis, you talk about why they love it so much and why a lot of people in crypto love the concept. Now we're starting to see, finally, like a real life situation where, okay, maybe this does make sense.
0: I mean, how many times do we have to see them fuck up to the, to the point where, you know, we saw Yellen saying that inflation was transitory uh, back in uh, mid-2020 or so? Yep. It wasn't. It turned out not to be. You know, that's a moment in time where we lose, you know, tr- Trust is such a hard thing to to build, but it can be destroyed in a moment, right? And, you know, we saw what happened in 2008 where they're just out, handing out mortgages to everybody and all the people got their house repoed. Um, you know, and then you have the Fed currently doing what they're doing right now. You know, and there's people um, losing their jobs, high inflation, it's hard to pay for things. So we've seen the FTX collapse. We've seen Signature Bank go down. We see the, Le- the Lehman Brothers. We're now seeing Credit Suisse. And then I see the director, he was asked by, this uh, came out today at Time of Recording, he was asked by an interviewer, like, what led to this? The guy's blaming it on social media. Right. It's not really, it's not social media. It's social media t- is highlighting the problem mm. of the systemic problem that we have in place. But what it does is it just keeps knocking down the trust and keeps breaking that trust to the point where it's like, well why don't we go to the trust of the system and go to something that's set in stone and that's Bitcoin. Exactly. And then when it comes to the same
1: point, it's like, all right, Bitcoin is decentralized. It doesn't need a middleman. And then we talked about bank runs and you know, you need to go to the bank and it physically ask them to give you your money. Well, with Bitcoin and crypto and self-custody, you always have access to your own money. It takes away the middleman. That's why it's decentralized self-custody. So that's another reason why people love crypto and we're seeing it play out in real life. Where there is a middleman, and that middleman fucks it up, and you go to that middleman and you ask for your money, or if he's closed, or if he's just gone, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. In Bitcoin and crypto, you have your coins, you have your wallet; it's all you. So a lot of these things that people said, you know, oh, no one will ever want that; that's a bit too crazy. Well, now it doesn't seem so
0: crazy all of a sudden. That's right. Yeah. So all that fud that came out, you know, a <clears throat> couple months back, yeah, just seen like it was one after another after another. So what we have here now is uh, an absolutely... The whole trust is gone now. So what's gonna end up happening? You have, let's say, you know, you got three hundred thousand dollars lying around. Do you want it in a bank? Well, what if it's not insured? You know, what what if that money is not salvageable? Mm. Where are you gonna put your cash right now? Where do you put your money? Do you put it into real estate? Well, interest rates are you know, they're they're still pretty high. There's still inflation, you still have to pay for, you know, put to put food in your um in your fridge and on your table. Do you put it into stocks? Well, stocks aren't doing too well right mm. now, and uh, a company could go under, or they could have had exposure to one of these banks where they're not really disclosing. You have insiders selling, so there's all these sneaky and cheeky things going on behind the scenes. Where's the safest place to put your money? Exactly. <laughs>
1: and so you look at the numbers. So since so you know the the domino that kind of started this all was. Everyone saw what was happening, and then the feds, the government stepped in and said they're going to bail. They're going to do the bailout, right? Yeah. So from the day of the bailout, which was over the weekend, the S and P five hundred is basically flat. Bitcoin is up nearly fifteen percent, right? So that's a huge difference. So you can see proof in the pudding. Where is the money flowing? It's people are not shoving money into stocks. People around the world are buying Bitcoin and crypto because they see the decentralization and the self custody aspect of it now providing advantages over this banking system that they don't trust. And so people, you know, around the world that are fighting crypto, just look at the numbers. You can see what's happening. People are buying Bitcoin as potentially a safe haven.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's official now. I posted this on my Twitter that Bitcoin has officially decoupled from the stock market. You know, uh, for a while there was traveling hand in hand and Bitcoin was seen as like a speculative risk asset that is more like a tech stock than anything. But realistically, when you look at the year to date, Bitcoin's up like 60%. The s and I think it's trading like 2%. Mm. You know, On a daily basis, the S&P might be up or down three minus 0.3%, but Bitcoin's up 10%. Yeah. So clearly, there is a decoupling that's occurring, and more and more money is being put into Bitcoin, and more and pr- more people are hodling it. Mm. And you know, I think we're going to start to see less fluctuations because now it may not be traded. I think now it's going to be accumulated and if there is a dip i don't think people are going to be selling like they're not trying to sell it yeah. i think people are the smart people are <coughs> going to continue you know we're at a time of recording 27 and a half or so if it dips down to 22 23 those people are then going to gobble it up again yeah. they're going to store it away and you're not going to have access to it
1: yeah i mean it, it makes a lot of sense to me there was actually a really interesting um advertisement that uh xlm stellar lumens did a while back and it kind of plays into what we might potentially see over the coming months or years. It's like all about the international uh, transactions, financial inclusion. So we're seeing bank runs and we're seeing, uh, you know, uh, a breakdown of traditional finance, right? So say if you have family in, I don't know, Venezuela or Puerto Rico or some other country, I've just randomly chose those countries, nothing against them. And say they have these bank runs and their complete financial system goes to ship and you have family there. How are you going to get the money? If their banks go down and there's no middleman anymore because they're all up in flames and there's riots in the streets, how are you going to send the money through their banking system if their banking system doesn't fucking exist anymore? Yeah. You send them crypto. You send them, you can send them Bitcoin or, you know, in their case, Stellar Lumens because it's so fast, right? And it's all these hypothetical situations that people have been talking about now for a decade or more in crypto that everyone's like, oh, you know, like, it's a nice idea, but yeah, no, the banking system's pretty good. Huh. Well, you're only starting to see the first fallout from what's happening here in America. Around the world, it will happen. And then what? Then people will maybe start to realize the power of crypto and Bitcoin. It's why we like this shit so much.
0: Yeah, and another interesting um, stat that came out was crypto and, you know, Bitcoin wallets. There was a 15% increase in downloads. And during that same week, traditional banking and finance apps were down 3% on the week.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the numbers are showing that there is a shift occurring. Um... So now, you know, you go to some of the crazy predictions that we've seen over the last little while. There was, as you said, Kathy Wood from ARK Investment. She's saying Bitcoin to a million. She's saying Bitcoin at 10 million in like, I don't know, 50 years. And, you know, it always seemed crazy. And then you had that other guy, Balaji or whatever his name was, coming out saying we're about to see a complete collapse of the traditional finance system, hyperinflation around the world, and Bitcoin to a million within a few months. So, you know... You're starting to see these crazy predictions come out again. And usually when you see the crazy predictions, you know it's time to sell.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, So, like, sure, you got to sure. be wary of that. I I think from, like, a, you know, a ch- if you look at a charting perspective and you look at the Bitcoin, like, CME um, futures, the gaps are, like, man, they're freaking spot on. Like, I, I posted in the Discord when we are at 19K. I'm like, look, we're probably going to sweep the 19K lows before sweeping up to 28K. It did exactly that. There's a couple other gaps. There's one at, like, 34,000. Uh, and there's another one at like 27.2. And then there's another one at 20,000.8. Mm. So I could potentially see sweeping you know, the high range and then back down to the low range before going up to one of these crazier numbers. Because like we said, there's only 21 million in circulation. If a country loses all their banks or the comp- complete collapse occurs in America or something like that, and then you have all this wealth that needs a place to put their assets, their money, got to put it into something. There's only 21 million supply and demand. It's mm. going to drive the price up. So right now there's 8 trillion dollars in uninsured deposits in the US. That's a lot. Mm. If so there's 200 banks, so 90% of the uh the SVB uh bank was uninsured. Many of them being businesses. If they go unpaid, that's bad news. Mm. That's going to be hundreds of thousands of people out of business. There's 200 banks in the US that face the same issue. So, does the Fed have the money to bail out every single bank? Mm. What if a bank run occurs on every single bank? Yeah, that's right? bad news. That's really bad got news. You've bigger problems at that point. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, yeah. but if this trickle trickle effect occurs around the world like we saw in Switzerland with Credit Suisse and how they're they're pumping 100 billion dollars of liquidity into their markets, the Fed just did a 300 billion dollar um 300 billion dollars to their balance sheet as well. Yeah. You know, all this liquidity has to go somewhere. And I think people are just going to continue pumping into Bitcoin. And I think, you know, over time we will see it. It's funny to think that, you know, we talk about low cap gems doing a 10 X, no reason why Bitcoin can't do a 10 X, uh, at this stage and go to, uh, $270,000.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's exactly what you just said there. So because Bitcoin is that finite supply and, you know, we always talk about the path to alt season, right? So normally it's like Bitcoin pumps, Ethereum pumps, large caps, small caps, but, Right, really, right now, since this bailout, we've only really seen Bitcoin pump. Yeah. And so a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, you know, Bitcoin's coming into uh, resistance on the Bitcoin dominance chart, and now alts are going to start flowing. But Maybe not. that's what I'm thinking is because the macro environment is so different, people are, they just want to buy Bitcoin.
0: It's, tr- it's, it's more like a
1: desperation move to just like, I just need somewhere safe. It's, it's the safest one. And people, this isn't a normal, we're still not in like a, a traditional bull run right now where, no. like, you know, stock market's pumping, everything's pumping. This is something different. So will people take their profits from Bitcoin? Because that's how it works. You get profits from Bitcoin, you buy Ethereum, you get profits from Ethereum, you buy all, all kinds of altcoins, right? Yeah. But are people going to sell their Bitcoin? It's kind of going back to what you said. Are they going to sell their Bitcoin? Or are they just going to hold their Bitcoin and more people are going to buy Bitcoin and Bitcoin is going to go on this massive run because it's the safe haven to the macro environment and the, the failing of the bank system? Maybe Bitcoin just rips and Bitcoin dominance goes up to a, a height it hasn't seen for six seven eight ten years right i mean that i think is a distinct possibility
0: i think it's it's, it's totally reasonable and you know uh, maybe people look to like something like gold as another mm. um safe haven but it was just announced like uh china just discovered are three trillion dollars worth of gold deposits So it's like that's not even a finite resource right you know it just comes down to basic supply and demand economics you know there's only 21 million you can Keep your, you can keep your Bitcoin safe in your own s- self custodial wallet. Just make sure you don't give away the seed phrase or put in mm-hmm. a cold storage. Do yep. what you need to do, and it's all yours. And you don't have to worry about losing out on all your hard earned money in these banks that give you zero interest on it. You know, because then you can do other things too, like earn APY on on your Bitcoin if you want through some of these exchanges mm-hmm. or, you know. So there's more you can do than put it into a, an archaic system. Yeah, have them lend it out, have them potentially lose it. Right? Like, yeah. And so,
1: one thing I I mentioned on Twitter the other day was it's like the Cyprus Bitcoin Cyprus moment 2.0. So, back in 2013, the Cyprus banks failed and Bitcoin saw a massive spike, like 200%. It was obviously really cheap back then, but it was like a mini moment of what's happening right now. So, back then, Cyprus banks failed. People in Cyprus and all the countries that are involved with Cyprus, they're like, oh shit, we got to take our money and put it somewhere else because we can't put it in our banks anymore. So, Bitcoin went up 200%. Now we're seeing this happen in America and potentially contagion to the rest of the world whereas there's a banking crisis and we're starting to see the early signs of people putting their money into Bitcoin. So this wouldn't be the first time we've seen it happen so there is a blueprint for what we're seeing. But this is a much larger scale.
0: Yeah, this, you know, is, yeah. this, this is, is global. Yeah,
1: so it's it's interesting to see what's happening right now.
0: There was another uh, few things that occurred that did send it up, reach the price up. There was a $300 million in buying volumes from short being liquidated uh, Binance had a billion dollars they injected into like BNB, ETH, uh, and, and Bitcoin as well. The other alternative is, do they unleash the CBDC, central bank digital currencies? Mm. Um, something where they control how much is in circulation, the, you know, they can um, prevent, you know, where you spend it, how much you spend, you know. I don't think that people are going to want something like that, right? Like, no,
1: well we've seen in Nigeria, they tried to bring up the CBDCs and people revolted against that hard. Now that's obviously a bit of a less stable country than a lot of the, you know, countries like, you know, USA and Canada and stuff. However, I don't think people want CBDCs and I think there's going to be a huge pushback if they do try to introduce that. I also think, and you mentioned this before the show, the U S government just is so slow (laughs) so that I think that it's going to take them a long time to develop a CBDC before they bring it into circulation. Um, and then who's to say they just don't increase the supply of the CBDC? You know they inflate that just as much as they did with real money. Yeah. So I think the trust is just
0: gone. The trust is gone. Yeah. So at this point it, it's gone. And you're right. Like social media has helped kind of spur this on, and but it just gives us real time information and see like, yo, shit's fucked up, and I don't want to be a part of it. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take things into my own hands. If more and more people continue to adopt it, which is what we're seeing, and some of the smartest minds, if you just do the math. It makes complete sense and mm. that's why i think we're seeing this worldwide adoption right now
1: yeah, you know when you look at bitcoin and the different narratives and stories that it's taken along and it's still relatively short lifetime so back to 2019 it was you know people used to always say in before then it's digital gold right so if gold and silver are going up bitcoin's going up and then 2020 and 2021 it kind of got this new narrative as an inflation hedge because there was so much money being printed it's like all right bitcoin's an inflation that's why bitcoin ripped during 2020 and 2021. Then in 2022, it kind of, it was pegged to the stock market and it kind of fell down with everything else. But now, 2023, Bitcoin is taking on this new narrative. It's the safe haven that people have been talking about for the long time. It's this alternative to the traditional finance system. And I think this might be the most powerful narrative of all. So, you know, you can't close Bitcoin. You can't, there's no bank, no middleman. It has all these things going for it that are advantages over this crisis that we've seen right now. So if you're fading Bitcoin... I mean, maybe have another, have another think about that. Cause I think there's a <laughs> lot of things that Bitcoin can solve right now that the, and this is, you know, the banking crisis is not over
0: yet. No, it's not. No, it's so. it's definitely not. So yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be looking to short it. I'd be looking to accumulate whenever there's dips. Yep. You know, I have certain targets that I look for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I would kind of be like, look for the dip, buy a bit, hodl it. Or like what I what I did back in um twenty sixteen, you know, I just did dollar cost average. I think I had like an automatic yep um, setup where every two weeks I'd buy like two hundred bucks or something yeah, like yeah.
1: that. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot to think about for Bitcoin, you know, where's the price going? It's going up, going down into these CME gaps and trend lines and all that kind of stuff. But if, if, it's, if it's confusing for you, I encourage you all to follow us on social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, hop into our Discord. Josh and I are doing charts for Bitcoin all the time to keep you guys updated about when are the times that we think are the best for buying. Personally, obviously not giving financial advice, but we're trying to teach you guys about Bitcoin, why it's good and where it's at. And the charts is also, you know, to snipe those entries as well.
0: Absolutely. Hey, make sure you guys are subscribed, hit the like button and then tune into the next episode. Because that one is going to be a